Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. So, did y'all notice when Todd Ott came up here how fast he ran up the steps? Did y'all see that? He was faster than me, David. It was. You know, I want to tell you something, Justin. I know you're a new preacher in Colorado. A preacher should always run up the steps on stage. I want, there's a reason why. And the reason why is because you have a message from God. There should be a sense of excitement. I have something worth sharing. That, that guy that mopes up there is like, oh, this is an old job. You know, that's nobody with it. So you want somebody coming here, bringing their Bible, saying, let me tell you what I'm passionate about. So I appreciate that, Todd. I'm glad to see you running up, running up the stairs. That is always, uh, always good. Open your Bibles, the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're also going to flip over our Bibles to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. Those are the two Bible passages we're going to be in this morning. And if you do have your bulletin, you want to pull it out, you can follow along with your sermon notes. The, the, today's message, today is kind of what I would call a message that's going to refocus our priorities. If I had to nail it down to what, what is most important, it's about our priorities in our life called the mission moves forward. And that is actually the theme for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering this year. What... What do you value the most? What is most important to you? How we answer that question in many ways determines how we spend our time, how we spend our money, what we do, uh, what we think of. I mean, think about, y'all think about right now. Look at the clock. It's 11.03 in the morning on Sunday. First Sunday in March. Spring's coming. Weather, warm weather's finally arriving. What's on your mind? What are you thinking of? There's a lot of things that you need to do today and this week. But let's just think about some of the the requests that that came through that we've already spoken. I don't know if you you heard them, but Brother Heard, when he stood up here and prayed, this, this week in our church, there's a young man who's only 48 years old, six years older than me. He found out this week he has lung cancer, he has tumor on his brain. Now he has massive brain surgery on Tuesday morning for Brian Whitaker. Here's every single week on the back pew. Now he's at Baptist Health waiting for surgery in two days. He was here not too long ago, just a week and a half ago, he was here in our church. On that Wednesday night, I was talking about it, he was told me he's about to have a big doctor's appointment. He had no clue he had cancer. He's about to have brain surgery. Brother Heard prayed for him. That family who's here right now, what's on their mind? They are worried. They are concerned. They are thinking, he's got massive surgery. God, I need you. Justin McKay, he's here planning a church in a city he's never lived in. God's called him to Denver. Brand new family. Brand new baby. A young man. God's raised up. So many unknowns. So many questions. So much uncertainty. Obviously, that's on his mind. He's thinking, God, I trust you in this situation. 
Todd Ott, who designed all the buildings at Oneida Baptist Institute, one of our Southern Baptist schools here in Kentucky. They're near the, it's a fork off, the, I believe, I can't remember the river. It's a fork off the Kentucky River. Massive flooding. You know, there's a church right here in Lexington, that Southern Baptist Church, sister church that flooded as well, down the southern part of our county. Kentucky River flooded 10 days ago. And here we are up on a hill, and it's easy for us to forget about it or not be aware of it. But the truth is, in eastern Kentucky, there's still massive cleanup and flooding going on over there. Larry Gritton, the president of that school, who knows a lot of you, who knows Todd very well, he's concerned. He's managing a school, and they're experiencing massive flooding with buildings. The city's underwater. That's on their mind right now. So you look at the context, David, of just some of the things we've shared. Massive surgery, the needs in Denver, the needs here in our state. And all of these things are very important. But I believe what we're going to see here in the Bible reminds us that we live, listen to this, it's going to be a twist for heaven. Follow what I'm saying here. The Bible is about to tell us, at any moment, any of us could pass away. And at any moment, we're going to see in 1 Corinthians, Jesus could come back. Did you ever wake up thinking of that this morning? Jesus could return today. In the twinkling of the eye, the Bible actually says. And what is actually, if all these things are important, and what you own your mind is important to you too, but what is the most important thing is, are you aware that in a split second, we could be in heaven right now? Literally, in a, just like that. I could drop dead right now with a heart attack. Jesus could come back and split the eastern sky, and we are now a giving an account for our life. And he's going to look at us and say, all right, you lived your life, you had your time, now it's time to look and see have you received Jesus as your Savior? And for those that have, have you invested in your time and your energies while on earth living for the mission that God has given us? And that mission is seeing other people who are spiritually lost saved. All right, I want you to turn your Bibles here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look what God's Word says. I want you to follow along closely. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 50. A lot of times you hear these messages out of 1 Corinthians 15 around Easter time. But what we're about to see here is what is uh, our life about living for the Lord. What I am saying, Paul writes, verse 50, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Meaning, our earthly bodies, as great as they might be, they are not going to heaven. Flesh and blood do not go to heaven. The Bible tells us this is what happens when we die as believers. When you and I die as a believer, we immediately go into the presence of God. Our soul does. But the Bible says we don't receive our final, completed, glorified body until the resurrection or until the second coming. And then those that have already passed away, as well as those that ascend to go to heaven with Everyone's able to experience Jesus' second coming. And at that point, we receive our permanent body for heaven. 
So that way we all experience the second coming. Only those 2,000 years ago got to experience the first coming of Jesus, but all believers experience the second coming. So we rejoice in that. Now, we are still in the presence of God, but we are not in our final earth or our final heavenly body until that occurs. That's what this passage is telling us. So our current body right now, we don't, we, we're not, flesh and blood do not inherit heaven. Nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. So this is a mystery, meaning we're not going to fully understand this. The Bible tells us a mystery. It's a mystery that... Sherlock Holmes, we're not going to be able to solve this. Only the only we'll find out in heaven. We will not. We will all. We will not all fall asleep. And it's not talking about going to bed if you're tired. It's talking about you passing away. But we will all be changed. This is the second coming. Meaning G, there will be believers here on earth when Jesus returns. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised in corruptible and we will be changed you know i think about this past year all we've heard about this past year you you it's march 8th march 7th today if we could rewind last year i believe it was march 8th that was our last normal worship service do y'all remember what happened how could you forget the next week i was an internet preacher for the next months and months and we still haven't recovered everything about us changed Literally happened in a twinkling eye. I don't know. And I will never forget. Zach Bauer, some of the guys here, David Dale, we're in a discipleship group, a Thursday discipleship group. And we used to meet at, at K&S Bar down there, at Kentucky Sports Bar. That was because of Ray Vasquez. That was his idea. But we would meet down, down there. And last year, David, we were there, if you remember. And it was at 12.15. I think I've shared this story. And literally, the SEC tournament was supposed to be going on. And we're sitting there eating, and we're watching, there's TVs everywhere. And one by one, they canceled the SEC tournament. We go, what on earth? They canceled. We were there to watch the game. And then like 30 minutes after that, while we still haven't gotten our check, they canceled the NBA season. Go, this is like literally, you're literally just sitting there on the TV watching, cancel, 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 cancel. Like, what is happening in the world? That happened that week. And it happened that fast. COVID hit quickly and suddenly. It's almost a joke. Remember, they said it was the canceled church for one week. <laughs> Do y'all remember that? It's like literally what they said. Y'all just take one Sunday off and we'll be, yeah, here we are one year later. Guys, I want y'all to know that's what the second coming is going to be like. It is going to be suddenly. That is what our death is like. As much as we want to prepare to die, there, you don't, we don't have that option. It happens. You need to be ready now to meet Jesus. You need to be living today for the Lord. You need to be investing your time, your prayers, your energies, your soul winning efforts today. We can't plan for tomorrow. We do not know what tomorrow holds. Only the Lord does. We had no clue this past year. And the Bible's telling us this. All of a sudden, there's going to be this trumpet. There's going to be a twinkling eye, and boom, Jesus is here. And there's no second chance. Church forever changed a year ago. 
For this incorruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. Verse 54, for when this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Look at this. Death, this is a quote out of the book of Isaiah. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. Meaning, guys, we as believers, you know, it's sad to die, but death does not have a sting for us. You lose your loved ones, you lose your spouse, you lose your, your, your parents. It's tragic. You have to bury them. But if they are a believer, we take hold that they are in heaven with Jesus. We know death does not have a sting. Now, for a lost person, someone who is not saved, they die twice. They die physically, and then they die eternally. But for us as the believers, no, our body dies, but now we're in presence of God. Our next, our last breath on earth, literally, is our first breath in heaven. Twinkling of an eye. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to claim that victory today. That word victory is used. That means we have experienced this accomplishment because we know that through Christ you're going to heaven. Now, now understand. So Paul laid out this story here sharing this is your life. Your life is victorious in Christ. So now we know that. We're prepared. We know victory has no no sting for us, so how do we live our life? Now look at this. This is our verse. Verse 58. This is the main verse I want you to take away. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, look at this. Be steadfast. That word steadfast, that means an unwavering commitment to Christ. That's what that means. An unwavering commitment. Steadfast. Do you know where you stand on all the moral issues today? Steadfast means I don't waver in my belief in the Bible. There should be non-negotiables in your life. And the first and foremost is that people are saved solely by Jesus. That's it. He is the only way to heaven. So, You should be steadfast in that belief. Religious pluralism. Justin, I appreciate your story about you just met a stranger and they're just talking about just the most random things in the world. That That is the talk of a lost person who does not know the Lord. You go out on the street, no matter what city you're in, and they do not have a rock solid foundation in the gospel, they are not steadfast. They have this wavering, shaky ground. One day things, this is right and wrong. The next day this is right and wrong. No. We're steadfast. Whatever the Bible says, we stand on. Now, other things can change. Sport teams can change. Uh, viruses can change. Uh, countries can change. But what, what does not change is what Scripture has declared to be true. Jesus does not change. That's what it means here. So that's, that word is used. So we're taking this. The goal of this, I'm giving you principles on how, I, how God wants you to live your life. To be centered on Him. 
to be thinking mentally, how can I? Lord, I know I'm saved. I know my, if Jesus comes back, I'm going to heaven. But now what do I do? What should my mind be thinking of? That's what we're answering here. Look at that. So we're steadfast. Now that says we're immovable. Immovable means we're fixed. Fixed means you're, you're stubborn. Now, there's a, you know, Sherry calls me stubborn. Now, I want to say, being stubborn is actually can be good if it's stubborn about the right things. You want to be stubborn on the Word of God. You want to be fixed on what is right and wrong. I'm one of those black and white guys, meaning there shouldn't be gray areas in your life where you think, ah, I sort of could see this. No, it's either right or wrong. God is very clear in His Word in how we should live and how we should act and what we should do. And that's what it means to be fixed or stubborn on certain things. Now, there are some things you shouldn't be stubborn on and fixed on. Like going out to dinner, going out to lunch after church, that you should have flexibility in that area. What songs we choose to sing, there should be flexibility in those things. But we are fixed on what the Bible declares is true. Keep going here in your Bible. Look what else it says here. Now look at this. Always excelling in the Lord's work. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Do, what you do for the Lord should be your best. It's an, it's, you're giving your best to God. You think about when you're most alert. I've actually thought about this. I'm one of these guys. And maybe you're this way too. I have my best time. I'm most alert in the mornings. So if I want to be focused at 9, 10 o'clock, my mind is there. By 2 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm ready to go to bed. I know some of y'all, y'all ready to take a nap. So if I was trying to do my devotional life, if I wanted to spend time with God, if I wanted to write a sermon, would I write it at 9 o'clock in the morning? Or I write at 2.30 in the afternoon. At 2.30, it would be a sleepy sermon. I mean, I would be asleep halfway reading the Bible. At 9 o'clock, you have to think, if I want to give my best to God, when am I most alert and most attentive towards Him? Guys, Justin McKay asked for prayer. If your prayer life is when you're going to bed... And then halfway, you don't even get to amen because you're asleep. That's not giving your best prayer time to God. You think about, when, when do I actually can designate time to pick up my little prayer, God, and pray for the needs of these missionaries? Pray for the needs of this church. Pray for Lord using me to reach my city. That's what he means. You need to excel in the Lord's work. And that involves time management. Flip over in your Bibles now. Flip over the book of uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Because Paul also, when he wrote to the church in Philippi, while he was in prison, he wrote these words. Now this is coming from a man who's sitting in chains. And he's writing words of encouragement to remind this church that he's helped plant, he helped start the importance of how they should live for the Lord. Do you know... We, in many ways, are very entangled with this world. 
the worst thing we can think of is leaving it. Think about what I just said. We're so called up. There's so much in our agenda and what we need to do and what we need to accomplish. The thought of leaving earth is tragic for us. But that should not be how we as Christians think. Earth is not our home. This is a place that we uh, get saved and we lead other people to Christ. We were in the car this morning and I was telling the children and Sherry while I was preaching on and we're driving past homes down Monticello Boulevard. And I'm saying these people's homes, maybe some of them are in bed and they're not at church. These people need the Lord. A lot of times I don't know who they are, but this is my neighborhood and they need to be saved. That should be your mindset. The people that are in your circle, they need to have their names written in heaven. Look at this, Philippians 3.20. We can't have a better Bible verse about heaven. Heaven should drive so much of our thought life. It should, it should shape our daily uh, agenda, it should constantly be in the back of the, my mind. When you're talking to someone, you're thinking, are they saved? Do they know the Lord? Look what Paul says. Verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven. Did you remember that? I'm so proud to be an American. We have an American flag on our tree out front. We love our country. My dad served in the military. But as great as America is, folks, it's not our home. It's not. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait for a Savior from there. We have to live first and foremost as citizens of heaven. God has created heaven. The book of Revelation chapter 21 just calls it the New Jerusalem. It's 1,400 square miles by 1,400 square miles. It even gives the dimensions of it. It's a cube, basically. And that is what heaven is going to be like. It's our home. That is where we will leave. It's a restoration of the Garden of Eden. We long for that place. Jesus saved you, saved me for that home. The Bible says heaven and earth, meaning the heavens out here and earth, will pass away but my words will never pass away. We hang on Jesus' words so we can go to heaven. Justin goes to Denver to tell people about Jesus so they can go to heaven. Oneida Baptist Institute's in Clay County, Kentucky, one of the poorest counties in the United States, with one of the neediest counties in the United States, with the purpose of leading young adults and citizens there in that community to heaven. We pray for people, for families with upcoming surgery, for those with health needs, so that ultimately if they meet Jesus, they are prepared to be with the Lord in heaven. This should shape our thinking. Next weekend, Zach has D-Now here at our church. Why? So children can come and learn and teenagers about Jesus so they can go to heaven. Our citizenship is in this place. Guys, we need to repent of the sin of loving this earth. That's what Paul... Let, let me repeat that. 
it is sinful, it is wrong for us to just cling to these things that earth offers. It's satanic. It's of the devil. It's empty. All it does is it distracts us from thinking this way. We should, our prayer should be, Lord, cleanse my mind of the pollution that this, this yearning for the things and the people and the desires of earth. Guys, money is empty. Money is a tool for kingdom ministry. That is why we give our money. That's why we support different ministries and different projects. That's why you give to the budget at Broadway Baptist Church. That's why you give to Onita. That's why you give to missionaries. That's why you give to families in need with surgery. It's just a tool. God wants to use you with an open hand. You're just a channel of seeing His work. We cannot have an attitude as, Lord, I just want more. And this desire for earth. Keep going here. Look what, look what Jesus says. Or, or Paul says in verse 21. Last Bible verse of this morning. This reminds us what our heaven's going to be like. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. I know that's a tricky Bible verse. What that, uh, God's word tells us here in this one verse. God has the power to completely transform your earthly body when you die into a heavenly body that will serve him there. And we are like Jesus the sanctification process for us is you get saved here on earth. You're growing and living for the Lord all the way up to the point of death or when Jesus comes back. And you should be looking more and more Christ-like here on earth. Your attitudes, the way you spend your time, the way you give your best to God, the way you excel in the Lord's work, the way your prayer life, your Bible knowledge, all of that should be increasing, getting more and more Christ-like. And then when you die, you are transformed into the likeness of Christ. You and I will be like Christ. That is the danger of sin. That's also the danger of this false longing for this earth. We fight a daily battle, Broadway Baptists. An hourly battle with this world of just conforming what the world offers. Romans chapter 12 says, do not be conformed to this world. And I want to tell you, it wants to conform you. Conform you means you just get in line and you go down the stream with everyone else. You think like everyone else. You act this way. And this is what you do. And God is over here saying, no, don't fall for it, children. Teenagers, don't give in to what you're seeing on social media. You are delivered. You are redeemed from that lifestyle. Your citizenship is in heaven. God wants to rescue you and I from this thinking that is going to conform us to this worldly lost attitude that pervades all around us. And guys, it gets me. It gets you. I'm right here preaching to myself. There is a there is pressure 
insurmountable pressure on all of us to just not rock the boat and just get along and go along. And God is saying, please don't live that way. Jesus didn't live that way. He, he wants to deliver you and I and transform who you are. Where does all this begin with? It begins with a relationship with Jesus. Can you think of a time in your life that you trusted Christ as your Savior? Where you were saved by the blood of Jesus. And He conformed you into His likeness. And then He put your feet standing up, living for Him. Many of you are struggling with sin. And say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm battling. Yes, I might not know, but Jesus does know and He can deliver you from it. The great thing about the gospel, the gospel rescues us from any and everything. Some of you come here, you're lonely. This past year has been the worst in your life with dealing with COVID. And Christ is speaking to you and I saying, you need to start thinking heavenly thoughts. Quit, quit acting like everybody else and you're reminded of your citizenship in heaven. We don't think like Americans. We think like citizens of the new Jerusalem. That's our home. That's my home. I want that to be your home as well. I'm going to invite you to give your life to Christ. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you want to get saved this morning, you in your pew, you can follow along. You online, you follow along and you can pray and receive Jesus. Romans 10.9 tells us that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If you want to get saved this morning, you can respond to the good news of Jesus. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. You pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I confess my sins. I've been living for myself, living for earth. Lord, redeem me. Save me. Jesus, I'm yours. From this day on, I'm now living as a citizen of heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Bible calls that the sinner's prayer. We cry out and call out to God, and He saves us. The Lord's hand is never too short to save. God wants you to respond to Him. If you prayed and received Jesus this morning, we close every single worship service with a public altar call. We come down front. I'm always standing down here with Brother Hurd. You can make it public of following Jesus. Jesus calls us publicly to follow Him. So let's stand together. We're going to sing footsteps of Jesus. Brother Hurd's going to be standing up front. I'm going to be standing right here. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus in His footsteps, you come down here and take our hands. You can join our church and give your life to Christ. Brother Hurd.